Cannibal the Cannabis Animal back at it again. That's right. Before we get into it, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsor who's been here since day one supporting us all the way. This Blunt Report podcast episode is brought to you by Weed. Smoke it like this. Oh, yeah. Today we're smoking on something a little different. Some banana OG. It's pretty fucking good. Strong, strong notes of OG Kush, as always. Fucking lemon juice. All right. I've been away for a while. Y'all know that when the season's up, I go ahead and assist growers, local growers. And I clean up and I help them out and I get to take all the little brand shit that I want. So, yeah, I've been blessed. Uh, did an event this Saturday, a vendor event. It wasn't what I expected, but I wanted to get myself out there and, and get, you know, the name out there going. So it was pretty cool. Really dope. Uh, Senor Petrol. If you guys are in the uh, Inland Empire, uh, California area, check them out. Senor Petrol. Instagram, Senor Petrol. Check that shit out. Today, we have a fucking doozy. Cannabis related all fucking day today. Today we are going to be talking about corporate cannabis and celebrity cannabis, which is, has the fucking game upside down for what I'm seeing, for real. It's different. It seems like we're moving towards legalization of cannabis, but again, it sometimes does not. It seems like, you know, we progress two steps forward, one step, um, three steps back. It's fucking upside down. We'll talk about that shit and what's going on in that world. Also, want to give an announcement. I was, I wasn't even aware of I had emails for the podcast, and I was looking through my emails, and I happened to come upon a email from somebody at cbdevious.com, and for some reason they wrote about my podcast, and they stated that my podcast was one of the best cannabis podcasts of 2021. I'm very humbled, very. I'm honored, you know, somebody would even take the time to, to listen to my podcast. So shout out to CB Devious. Thank you very much. Check out CBDevious.com. They have a bunch of shit there that, you know, they talk about culture, food, anything cannabis related, what's going on in the news and shit like that. So please check them out. CBDevious.com. All right. So as always, I want to go ahead and do some paranormal news. But before that, it is September It is Suicide Awareness Month. Please, 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 y'all, for real. If you guys, if any of you are feeling suicidal, feeling like you have no outlet, you have nobody to talk to, you've given up on life, please, 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 before you take any fucking drastic measures, please reach out to somebody, whoever it is. Yo, reach out to me, man, straight up. CannibalBluntReport at gmail.com. That's Cannibal, C-A-N-N-A. B-O-W-L, blunt report at gmail.com. Please hit me up. If you have any issues, any problems you want to talk about, you feel like nobody's listening, please fucking reach out to me or reach out to the suicide hotline. 
Now, I'll shoot y'all the number. This is the number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 800-273-8255. Again, that's 800-273-8255. You can also chat with them or go to the website. Please, y'all, please. Mental health to me is very important. And I go through through the motions. I go through shit like that, you know, too. You know, God knows, God knows what the fuck, what, what you're thinking or what you're going through. And I can only imagine how frustrating it may, it may feel to some of y'all sometimes. And you know what? Please, please reach out to somebody. And I guarantee you, somebody's always there to listen. If you, you know, sometimes if you reach out to somebody that you don't even know, it's easier to talk to them. I mean, that's just real talk. So <laughs> please, please, for real. You know, I'm going I'm to I'm gonna go ahead and take a talk to life. You know, life is beautiful. Sometimes we we miss that because all of our thoughts are really somewhere else and we can't focus because, you know, our problems are dominating our life and our thoughts. So this is this hits to life, y'all, for real. I'm blessed. Mm. Also, I want to give a shout out to the homie Damn It. Damn it, Maine, for the 420 E sesh. Please, y'all. If you like, like cannabis, if you like just all a well-rounded show, please look up the 420 E sesh on Twitch every day at 420, y'all. Sometimes I jump in there and, and discuss cannabis topics. Uh, please, check that shit out. It is a fucking ball, a laugh, a gaff and a half. It's fucking dope. So check that shit out. 420 E sesh every day on Twitch. 420. Check that shit out. All right, y'all. And without further ado, we are going to hit up some paranormal news like we always do. Fucking hyped up. I'm ready. Let's do this. So, this one's a weird one. So, <laughs> check out how fucking powerful your mind is. Maybe, maybe something subliminal happens in there, but check this shit out. A psychiatrist in Germany had a couple patients come in with the same fucking ailments. Tourette's kind of uh, kind of ticks, you know, something like with your eye twitching or some shit like that. They all had the same exact fucking tick, and now they're suspecting well maybe it's Tourette's, and you know, fucking trip the fuck out, right? Well, check this shit out. I get, I guess there is a channel on YouTube, um, and this this guy runs this channel, and it pretty much documents. A day in life of get uh, this person, uh, Jan Zimmerman, 20, 23 year old German, a man with Tourette's. So pretty much, he has about two million subscribers, and he documents his life every day. So, um, I guess these people develop these ticks, and according to the um, the German doctor um, Mueller Wall these people were pretty much suffering from a condition called functional movement disorder. It's all psychological. It kind of mimics the neuro neurological nature of Tourette's. So some of these patients have had the, the tick go away. Some have not. So I guess it's a sociogenic illness. It's pretty much known as mass hysteria. I've never heard of that shit before. I kind of attribute it to sympathy pains or maybe contact high who knows but that shit is fucking trippy y'all so 
be careful what you're watching out there because it could subliminally affect your ass straight the fuck up. Alright, so let's move on to another one. So recently, y'all know Tesla, right? You know, big, huge car company, inventor, fucking huge brain, big mind. So, <laughs> this motherfucker is finally pushing that shit, pushing that shit forward. He unveiled a new humanoid robot. According to him, it's going to be benefit society. Now, this is weird because nobody really batted an eye. They, they did check that shit out and they thought it was bullshit. Some people thought it was cool. But literally, this man is changing how the future is going to be. You know, mainly automation, androids, humanoids, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, it looks fucking crazy. It look. I mean, it, it's it's what you th you would think a fucking robot would look like in the future, right? And the future is now, my, my my friends. Straight up, the future is now. So the point of this robot is to help with repetitive and mundane, boring tasks that people hate doing every day. So it can go to the grocery store for you. It could handle anything, manual labor. Things of that nature. Anything you can think of, probably jack you off too. <laughs> Straight the fuck up. Probably jack your ass off. You know what I mean? Fuck it. If this becomes a huge trend, which it will, and if he gives away his patent to everybody just like he did with his car, but y'all didn't know that, he literally gave us fucking patent away for the electric car. So you could build one just like his. Obviously, it's not going to be Tesla, but that's fucking crazy. That's insane. So... <laughs> This fucking robot is going to be about 125 pounds. It is going to have the Tesla automotive artificial intelligence, autopilot, the Woiks, straight up, right? So this kind of points to a future that we've only seen in movies. Y'all see, man, like that movie, iRobot, everybody fucking went nuts, right? By everybody, I mean the fucking robots. So this is a huge concern, obviously, because we don't know the nature of artificial intelligence. And obviously, I mean, I'm pretty sure y'all seen examples, but I've seen a couple examples out of there, out there on YouTube, especially with, I think there was two robots, two AI robots that were talking to each other and they kind of started trying to plot the takeover of uh, humanity. Even if it's just a conversation, imagine that. Can artificial intelligence become self-aware? I mean, that is a huge fucking question. And I think that's the most concerning question. Because if this robot is 125 pounds, but it's going to have the strength of fucking 10 men that will be able to do manual labor, what's to say that this machine won't go haywire, just like some of the cars, um, some of the cars in Tesla, at Tesla have gone haywire. I mean, I've, I, I believe some... I don't know if there's an I don't even know if it's true or not, but I there was a story that I saw about the one of the Tesla cars going nuts and automatically just going forward and fucking running somebody over. I can't say for a fact, but again, there's always glitches, there's always issues, especially with software. If you don't perfect that motherfucker, that's it. That's that's all she wrote. Now let's ask a question. Could this be part of a bigger plan? Could this be part of a plan that's going to free us from our biological uh, limitations into a superhuman form, I guess. 
Because, I mean, I, I'm willing to fucking bet that there's already tech out there that he's just putting out, but somebody already fucking beat him to the punch. Not only that, but technologies that enhance your your body, superhuman strength. I know there's already exoskeleton suits out there that help you lift 300, 400 pounds easy with assistance. You know, you're able to carry all the uh, all these things and the the suit is real easy, you know, it's really real easy to navigate. Look that shit up, exoskeleton or a superhuman exoskeleton. I mean, damn, that's a huge fucking that's a huge leap. Imagine what what it could do uh, for military. That would be insane. And of course, we always have those questions, those hmm, you know, is it really really ethical what we're doing? You know, is it really ethical? Is it really going to benefit the humankind? Because, I mean, just like any other weapon, if you get a hold of a fucking exoskeleton, you could really do a lot of damage. You know? I mean, that's just... I'm thinking far far out there, but hey, this fucking podcast... podcast. <laughs> this fucking podcast is about thinking, you know, outside the box, straight up. All right, so I have another one. It's not really paranormal per se, but it's fucking weird. All right. So you know how rappers love to sport their chains and shit like that and all kinds of gold and shit? Well, this rapper implanted gold chains into his fucking head. So a Mexican rapper by the name of Dan Sur claims that he's the fucking first person who's ever been um, or has ever undergone this procedure of implanting fucking chains in his head. (laughs) Man, this shit looks fucking wow. I mean, he can barely see. He can't even fucking see. If this is true, um, wow. This is very extravagant, very out there. Uh, he's already had a, a number of uh, videos on TikTok and YouTube showing his his new metal locks. <clears throat> metal locks. <laughs> and, uh, um, I mean, it looks fucking expensive, man. If this is real gold, it looks like rose gold and, and you know, rose silver and shit like that. So, I don't know if it's fucking... To that, um, he says that he, he has it, and I quote, I have it as a hook that is implanted in my head that took, no, sorry, that took, <laughs> that hook has hooks and they're all locked in my skull under my skin. He explained in one of his videos. This, I mean, this is super impractical. I mean, I, I, I get it. You know, you're trying to set the new trend on that shit, but damn. Um, I mean, according to doctors, these kind of implants are fucking dangerous could lead to it could lead to infections and long-term health issues not to mention if these are fucking grafted or attached to your skull wouldn't that be give you fucking major headaches and shit like that fucking heavy and all that shit so um yeah that is fucking crazy shit (laughs) fucking crazy odd we're gonna do one last one and this one's fucking weird (laughs) so a man was arrested after shooting, after a shooting in a hotel, well, according to him, it's due to aliens, right? I mean, it's always fucking aliens, straight up. On the morning of September 11th in Keeneland Drive, Richmond, um, this uh, crazy incident fucking shot off, straight up. Uh, bystanders heard the gunshots and decided to call the cops, right? Um, you know, the uh, Richmond Police uh, Emergency Response Unit fucking made their way quick status into the room, 
you know, he's, they saw this uh, 55 year old male by the name of Samuel Riddle shooting into the fucking parking lot. As well as another female was in the bathroom, probably fucking shitting bricks. <laughs> Straight the fuck up, yo. Um, it turns out that this motherfucker was a, a con convicted felon with a shitload of, uh, of, of uh, guns in his possession. Now, fuck. Given that I have worked at hotels before, I mean, people come in fucked up. I mean, either they're drunk or they're high off of shit or coked out. I mean, <laughs> this is not unfamiliar territory for me, straight up. I've seen some wild shit. I've not witnessed, but I've heard shit going down. But, um, yeah, this uh, fucking story is bizarre, yo. And uh, to happen on 9-11, it's fucking way more, more fucking bizarre and shit, but... Yeah, man, this motherfucker was crazy. I'm pretty sure he was fucking a couple of lines or a couple of hot rails deep when he fucking did this shit. All right, my cannibals, that was the paranormal news for this fucking episode. Now, to our feature presentation. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about this. Fuck, I can't even, I cannot even call it something. We're going to be talking about first about celebrity weed. Celebrity weed, wow. What can be said about that shit? Well, is it hype? Is it real? Do these celebrities actually smoke or pretend to fucking smoke? Do they oversee the the growing side of it? Do they oversee the growers? Do they see what's going into their product that they're putting the name behind? Let's go ahead and fucking find out. Let's check that shit out, baby. But first, let's take this fucking hit. Motherfucking stem in there or some shit? <laughs> Fuck. So let's talk about this shit. Let's talk about one main thing that's going on right now that is fucking ridiculous, right? So let's talk about the fact that there is over 40,000 people in jail prisoners today in the US due to nonviolent crimes I mean the marijuana I mean how, countless lives have been ruined careers have been stopped I mean shit happens we get that shit some people make their ends meet by you know selling bud we get that shit but now that is the activity is no longer a huge crime i mean other people are really taking advantage of this you know the minorities are getting fucked left and right prisoners in the system for weed and other people are literally profit profiting off of it you know so where do we draw the line you know how is it morally okay for other people to make fucking fat ass bank I'm talking about fat ass bank while all, the, all these other people sit in jail let's let's fucking face it y'all let's face it the weed game is predominantly white and th those are just facts those are just straight facts and not to start some shit but when it comes to minorities 
and women, they get the fucking shorter. We get the shorter than the stick. Straight up. Straight up. Latinos and blacks in fucking jail for some bullshit-ass call from a bullshit-ass cop that thinks he fucking knows better. You know what I mean? So let's fucking break it down. 81% of marijuana business owners are predominantly white. 6.7 is other. 5.7 is Latino-Hispanic. 4.3 African-American. 2.4 Asian. Fuck. I mean, if I thought we fucking had a bad Jesus... I mean, this is this is shit that goes on every fucking day, and it's overlooked. Why? Because celebrities are making it their fucking mission to make a quick buck off of cannabis. Straight the fuck up. That ain't no fucking lie. That ain't no lie. I can tell you that with with assurance. Now, um, I know a couple a couple people, not personally in person, but through social media and things of that nature, specifically. Uh, damn it, Maine from the 420 E-Sesh. And, you know, we, we've been talking about this shit. Straight up, talking about this all the time. For example, the rapper Too Short. I'm pretty sure you're all familiar with that. You know, cocktails and all that shit, right? H-E-A-D. <laughs> that shit, right? So he had a drop, a collab with somebody. I think there were pre-rolls. And the homie Damn it was breaking it down. And let me tell you, that pre-roll was pretty much trash. You know what I mean? A lot of these celebrity smokers don't really even fucking smoke anymore. You know, does Drake even fucking smoke anymore? You know, Lil Wayne May smoke. Um, Snoop Dogg, things of that nature. These are just a couple people that have their their brands out there. You know, Martha Stewart has one. I think it's a mainly CBD. Uh, Gwyneth fucking Paltrow has one. You know, you name it. So how is it morally correct that these celebrity celebrities are literally making a buck off of off of this shit and every everybody else that has been in prison is getting fucked for it? No pun intended. <laughs> but this is the reality that we need to fucking see first. If cannabis is going to be legal you would have to put racial justice at the fucking very front of that. Straight up. Remember, cannabis prohibition in the early 20th century was based on just fucking racism and not facts to target blacks and Latinos. And it keeps fucking happening over and over again because we're letting it happen. Here's a crazy fact. The usage between white people and black people are the same. But like some of us already know, a black man is more likely to get pulled over and arrested if he has cannabis in his car, even if he's not smoking it. We all know that shit. Those are facts. Two-thirds of all people in state prisons due to bullshit drug offenses are people of color. According to the FBI, half of all arrests that happen here in the U.S. are for cannabis. 92% of those arrests for cannabis are for cannabis possession. Not to mention what this could do to the immigrant community. You know, because from what I understand, when you try to become a citizen, you have to take a drug test. So, because cannabis is still considered a Schedule 1 drug, that's an automatic, you are denied 
your citizenship, and then you get kicked the fuck out of the country. Guess what happens? If you're a person that has worked all your life here, made an honest living, even have a business, well, guess what? You're fucked out of it. That is fucking so sad. I'm pretty sure a lot of families have been broken up because of that shit. Guaranteed. Each year, about 6,000 people get deported just for possession of cannabis alone. When it should have never fucking happened. If you have a cannabis conviction, you're a Latino, Latina, African American, you'll get fucked. If you're trying to get into a good school, you'll get fucked. Why? Because the cannabis laws are fucking unequal. Quote me on that shit. We'll definitely come back to this topic of wrongful incarceration due to possession and things of that nature. But let's go ahead and get back to the whole celebrity cannabis thing. A lot of these celebrities, whatever way they they jump in the game, either they're approached by a big cannabis company and they're known to, for, you know, the celebrities known to smoke weed and all that shit, like say, for example, Seth Rogen or Jay-Z, things of that nature. Um, they get approached by companies. Yeah, they'll come in strong with a shitload of money, right? Or get um, paid a lot of money to endorse this product. A lot of the times, these celebrities don't know who's growing it, how it's being grown, what qu- type of quality is going into this strain that's going behind their name. All they do, all they really care about is making a quick buck. Bam, let's drop this shit. Let's drop these cool-ass flavors and these badass strains, and that, there we go. But what they're failing to remember is the the actual players the local activist brands that paved the way for your shitty celebrity weed could make it onto a legal market now they definitely won't be able to name a few because there's so fucking many for real but in general all the people that paved the way for that shit to happen i mean fuck this shit's upside down ladies and gentlemen the war on fucking drugs has failed always has from the fucking get-go so not to be too conspiratorial but take keith stevenson for example with the first licensed legal licensed black owned dispensary so the name of the dispensary is purple heart i believe it pays homage to the granddaddy purple strain that comes from straight uh from oakland where he's based off of now i don't want to be too conspiratorial but i mean he, this guy's already recovering from two fucking robberies. I'm talking about two. So, I mean, fuck. And in, and in the whole uh, pandemic thing, I mean, that's got to that's gotta hurt your pocket, man. Not only that, but it's got to hurt your, your patients, people that literally depend on this medicine for relief for whatever ailment they have. Could it have been racially motivated? I mean, yeah, I like to play devil's advocate sometimes. Fuck it, right? It could have been. I mean, maybe surrounding shops saw that there's a lot of traffic there, didn't like it. And of course, you know, could be on top of that, the whole racial thing, fuck, could have set somebody off, possibly. You know, you'll never know. Why don't we talk about a couple of the celebrity brands that are out there? A couple you may know already. I'm pretty sure you will know what I'm talking about. And some of you may even be fucking sick of hearing that name. But let's go ahead and start off with Jaleel White or, you know, better known as Steve Urkel in the 90s sitcom Family Matters. Now, he has a strain called It's Purple. And again, the homie from the 420E sesh 
well, went to, uh, um, I believe, the drop of this strain, and he was able to, I believe, cop an eighth of this stuff. Now, it's it's purple. It's supposed to be purple Urkel, or possibly of that, of that family, but I was surprised myself when my homie told me, or not told me, but he posted on a video that he didn't name it Purple Oracle. Maybe for some legal reasons or something like that. But, I mean, it was, according to him, it was good smoke. It wasn't as you would think a, a celebrity celebrity strain would be like. Because to me, if a celebrity endorses or a strain or a product, I mean, that shit better be fucking fire. Straight up. You know, all these celebrity smokers like Snoop, Snoop Dogg, I would expect him to have a fucking shit that'll knock you on your ass. You know what I mean? Same like same as Tommy Chong. You know, um, you know, cookies. That's the other strain that we're gonna mention here. Cookies is a fucking monster. You know, for branding and all that stuff. Cookies is a monster. Um, you know, it's marketed all over the world. It's every fucking where in the world, literally. If you say fucking cookies and there's a smoke rate in the room, you'll know that, you know, that's the fucking where it's at. Again, um, I've heard on the East Coast, um, the, the cookie stores have trash. I don't know how ac- accurate that is, but I've heard from different sources that these fucking, these strains are trash. You know, and what you're doing now is you're paying. So you're 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 paying for your cannabis that's possibly trash, and then you're paying a tax on that fucking trash. You know, so that's why I'm I'm very surprised that a lot a lot of consumers literally go to the stores and do that. Now there is also there is also the whole thing about before all this shit was going on and it took off like a fucking freight train there would be the the um, the medical the whole medical marijuana uh, side of this you would need your doctor doctor's recommendation you would have to pay a fee for that literally you could go there would be fucking places all over in cali over here that you could literally go and say hey i want my recommendation cool let me get you a a virtual consultation with a doctor that's what i did the first, the I believe the first time I got my recommendation, I talked to an actual doctor. That doctor was fucking badass. He was badass, badass doctor. He actually spoke to me for about almost an hour, and the reasons why I I I I use cannabis, and he was fucking cool, man. He he was a human fucking being. You know, so I I would go to to the shop into the um to the shops and, and cut myself a. A, a, a good deal you know it was all medical you would need your wreck in there you would have to you know put it on that shit a lot of these places of course they're recreational now so they're gonna fucking tax you on it i'd love to i'd love to 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 go into the shop with my card and you know not get taxed for that shit because it was medical so since medical was around for a long time now we are going into the age of legalization now it's it's okay to go ahead and smoke cannabis if you're an adult for recreational use. With that comes different pricing. No, you're no longer medical. You it's commercial now. It's like it's like walking into a fucking thrifty. I'm not thrifty. 
like walking into Walgreens and shit like that and hit, going to the weed aisle and getting yourself some OG Kush, like an eighth of OG Kush. But here is where it gets complicated. A lot of the big growers that ha- that are big name, household names that are known, most of these have to go through regulation and make sure that they don't use, you know, something that's going to harm the plant and in turn is going to harm you. You know, um, a lot of the times growers use different pesticides that are not supposed to be used on a cannabis plant. They're more for regular ornamental plants or trees for that matter. There are those big players that do that, and you wouldn't even know it. Of course, sometimes you may know when you smoke that weed, it gives you a fucking headache, and this is supposed to be some dankest shit you've come across in a while. It looks good, smells good, but when it smokes, fuck. Also, it could be that, that the grower didn't flush the nutrients properly for the last 14 days. Possibly. I don't know. I'm not a fucking expert on growing. But since... A lot of these big-time players just bring in the money and the growers just take it out. A lot of the times, people that are backing up these growers don't see what the fuck they put in their cannabis plant. And what happens is they that shit goes into the cannabis plant. It looks fucking insane, but whatever you're smoking is definitely not good for you. Definitely not. So while these big fucking players are doing their dumb shit, you know, trying to pull a fast one. And they usually do because money talks. The little guy, the local grower, local activist growers that have been in the game for a long time get fucked. Why? Because they can't meet these regulation, regulations that are fucking ridiculous. I'm talking about ridiculous. I definitely won't get into that subject on this podcast, in this episode. But we definitely will touch that subject in another episode. Now let's talk about Prop 64 for a second. This prop was created to give, or created uh, equity programs to give licenses, licensing priority to members of low income and minority communities that have been affected by the war on drugs. Right? That's cool. Uh, the program receives 20% of state tax and marijuana sales. Revenue for marijuana sales. Even though these programs were literally designed to close this space or gap, you know, in this industry, the cost of going into this fucking industry and the the requirements are still keeping people of color and low income applicants from entering this huge market, huge market. They allowed people with money to just jump in there. And do their thing as a, a new business opportunity, but the underground, the black market, still state black market. So what's the whole fucking point? So these, you know, equity programs are literally administered or overlooked locally. So it doesn't. Ha- it has nothing to do with state law. It varies from city to city, and depends on community activism. There is only a handful of success stories, such as a black-owned dispensary, Pharmacy Berkeley, pretty much came out from the Bay Area um, equity program, or programs, excuse me. But even if you have these equity programs, it's still very 
very difficult to get a license because it costs between five thousand and a hundred thousand dollars a year. So that's just a, and that's not to, um, that's after startup and investments, which a lot of these, a lot of these applicants don't have. I don't fucking have that type of fucking money, at least not yet. <laughs> that's right. This is a quote from Dr. William Armaline, assistant professor of sociology and the director of human rights program at San Jose State University. And I quote, a middle income person, someone making $60,000 a year today with no financial backing, no way on earth. His fucking words exactly. And I agree with that shit. Here is another interesting quote from Mark Matulik, founder of the I guess airfield supply, airfield supply. I guess it's a a delivery that does uh, all delivery with Teslas and shit like that. That's pretty cool. So he said, even with a business degree, if you want to operate legally, it's very intimidating. If you don't have an attorney helping you, if you don't have the funds to hire the right resources to get you started, it'll be very difficult. That's what he said, and. Uh, yeah, and, and he happens to be a white guy. You know, he wasn't part of the equity program, but he knows even being white and having all this shit, you know, all your ducks in a row and all that shit ready to go, it's fucking difficult. Imagine how it would, would be for a, 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 a person that doesn't have that kind of money. You know what I mean? So, um, it's, <laughs> I mean, damn. This, I still... Even though I've heard it many times, I still have difficulty processing this fucking information. I mean, straight up. So, um, as I stated before, it depends on, you know, the city and who they want to fucking fuck with, who they want to give the licenses to, all that shit, right? City of Oakland uh, kind of took a different route. Now, they would issue half of their their permits to through the equity program, through, through their applicants, and half through people that have, you know, have it and are ready to to uh, embark on the journey of this business. So applicants could either start their own business, partner with a large company, or do both. Now, I will talk about somebody that, that tried to do just that, right? Didn't happen to the days that still has not happened. So this is Linda Grant, Okay. And this is a quote from her. Now she used to she used to sell you know underground black market shit back in the day, and she's still trying to fucking make her way in there, right? Okay. So this is a quote from, from, <laughs> this is what she said. When wealthy people found out about the equity program, it was like a wave of vultures came into Oakland. This is where it gets very fucking interesting. So Grant's name. This is the whole deal. Would be on the business license as a co-signee. So investors could open without ha having to compete for limited non-equity licenses. In exchange, she would receive payments each month and they would mentor her, mentor her to you know, to open her own dispensary and all that shit, right? It's been 4 fucking years and she has not even set or barely even fucking dipped her toes in the water. Of, uh, of the uh, businesses whose pretty much license bears her name. She has a bunch of fucking licenses with her name on it. Bunch of businesses that own it. And nothing. She still hasn't gotten her own license. No word from either partners. 
This shit's happening, people. This shit's fucking happening all across the U.S. Now, you know, it sucks. I live in California, and I'm more concerned with my state at the moment because I'm a consumer. I'm a consumer. You know, I make my own medicine. I make my own wax. I make my own tinctures. I make my own edibles when I need them. I make my own everything for my own use. You know, and I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I still got to work for my shit. I'm blessed, but I, I just... I just, fuck, man, for real. This plant is so versatile. It's on the earth for a fucking reason. It's on the earth for a fucking reason. You know, I already said this shit now. I'm going to keep saying this shit until, until I can't say it no more. All right? Cannabis is a great medicine. It's a great resource for other resources. You know, biofuels, hempcrete the fucking woiks oakland's equity program is among one of the best in the state but people of low income are just a fucking name on a paper minorities are not just a fucking name on the paper and i'm not just talking about mexican mexican uh black i'm talking about the whole shebang bang i'm talking black mexican asian indian Middle Eastern, wherever the fuck you're from, if you're considered a minority, we are fucking assets. Of course, there's always fucking bad apples in every fucking society. In white, black, Mexican, Asian, every fucking society. Believe that shit. I grew up, I grew up with so much diversity, so many different races around me that I just, fuck man, where I come from, or where I was raised, white people, Mexican people, black people, all kinds of people were fucking poor. Not just us, straight up. You know what I mean? We need people like Laura Herrera. She's a cannabis consultant and a researcher at UC Berkeley Cannabis Research Center. She's helped a lot of applicants get their licenses. We need people like that. You know what I mean? People that are really for the people. We're trying to fuck. Why the fuck can't we get in? You know what I mean? Why the fuck does it have to be big cannabis? Why the fuck does it have to be big, huge celebrities? I get that shit. If you want to jump in the business, cool. But don't fucking step on everybody's toes and say fuck everybody else because I'm just trying to make a buck out of your dumb, out of your dumbass fucking stupid ass growers that don't know shit. That don't have the, the eye for quality, the eye for detail. And yet, you put your name behind this fucking cannabis brand, they shoot it out. It doesn't matter because by the time everybody's fucking home and they're opening their eighths, their quarters of weed that are fucking trash, doesn't matter. You already fucking made your money. And because you're a fucking celebrity, everybody's everybody's there trying to suck your dick, lick your balls and shit for because it's you, because you're a fucking celebrity. That is bullshit. I want to say this again. Most of these fucking celebrities don't smoke. These big ass celebrities that you fucking see backing up these cannabis brands. How many of them have you fucking seen them take that pre-roll to their fucking mouth, take a lighter to the to that shit and inhale? None of them. None of them. I haven't seen Seth fucking Rogan do that shit. I haven't seen fucking Jay-Z do that shit. I haven't seen fucking Drake do that shit. The only person that I've really fucking seen that's backed up a brand that smoked was on a fucking commercial with Lil Wayne, and you can't even fucking say that he was fucking smoking that shit, right? Exactly. Another thing. So if we can't get in, 
if we can't do our fucking thing. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take a fucking hit, man. Cause fuck. Mm. That gelato, baby. All right. So, those who operate in the underground black market have another fucking thing to worry about. Now, I can't say for fucking sure. I believe around last year on July, around around there, mid, mid-year, mid right? <laughs> now, again, I'm not fucking going with the whole politi- politics, politics thing. I don't discuss politics here because everybody has a different opinion. I just believe what I fucking believe. So... Governor Gavin Newsom approved a budget budget of 9.6 million fucking dollars to a new 87 officer police force working under the Bureau of Cannabis Control. They're supposed to crack down on all the underground shit, on all the black market shit, right? This is a little quote of the little fucking pussy-ass complainers that are high up there in the cannabis retail game. Now, let me tell you something. I could be wrong, but those players that were working underground that have the fucking capital now are the ones that are talking shit and trying to get the underground to be obsolete, right? Which, that shit is never going to happen. I'm going to tell you that right now. I don't even know why the fuck they make this budget. You can try to crack down on all these fucking grow houses, on these, all these operations, but you know what's going to happen? 30 more are going to pop up. Or there's fucking... A hunt. Out of 25 that you fucked with, there's probably a 1,000 you don't fucking even know about. So, <laughs> you're a fucking idiot. So, here's the complaint. Those folks want them gone. Hmm. Wow. No shit. They're your, they're your competition... But there, in the cannabis game, I still believe that there's plenty of room for everybody. You know what I mean? All this shit that's happening, all this corporate cannabis that is really just shoving their way into the industry. There's more people that really do not fuck with that shit, are against it, that are going to start their own shit. They're taking their own routes. They're doing their own fucking thing. And a lot, of the, a lot of that thing is going back into the fucking black market. I mean, for the black market to not exist, you got to fucking get rid of all the bullshit, all the barriers that are preventing the black market from coming in and fucking being legal. And yeah, that budget did go to taking down, I think they took down one of the biggest ones in LA, in LA. I'm not sure. It was a fucking huge grow, or I don't know what county it was, but it was fucking huge. We see periods of, of, of these things on a regular basis each fucking year. You know, the police start fucking with people, this, this, and that. You know what? And I, I, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just be the devil's advocate here and conspiracist or conspiracy theorist, which I'm really not. But let's say, for example, that this budget comes from the highest up right here, right? Not the county. You never know. I'm, I'm being fucking for real. Corruption is so... It's always been mainstream. It's just that you really can't see it. Because, 
you know, there wasn't social media back then, shit like that. But now corruption is documented every fucking day. Let's say, for example, the biggest names in cannabis are giving to these this budget. Why? So they can get rid of their biggest underground competitor. <laughs> it could be fucking possible, really. Don't fucking, don't dismiss the idea because there's been fucking scandals. You know that. The thing with fucking scandals is they always come out on top. I'm going to look at Monica Lewinsky and set president and shit. You know, he fucking gave her a... And that's it. <laughs> I mean, some shit happened where she got attached or some shit. And <laughs> she, got, she caught feelings <laughs> straight the fuck up. And if you guys didn't um, get enough with the first uh, time around, let me tell you again. Minorities, blacks, Mexicans, anything that's not considered a major race, Asians, Middle Eastern, anything of that nature... We don't have access to capital and the fucking systematic economic racist machine is still going to be in play until we fucking let it be in play straight up. Now, let me make a call to celebrities out there. Make a call to Snoop Dogg, Drake, all that shit, right? Make a call. To every big fucking celebrity that loves weed, that swears up and down they're a fucking smoker, Tommy Chong, talking to you, you know what I mean? Use your status. Use your status. You know what I mean? Use your status to let the president know, hey... There are still so many fucking minorities, and I say fucking uh, as a word of love, there's so many minorities in jail for non-violent drug crimes, cannabis, possession, and they fucking throw the book at him. Let's be real. They were fucking white, man, straight up. They wouldn't get that shit. Know what I mean? And that's just real talk, yo. Let's, that's just real talk. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I, love, I love everybody. I don't give a fuck what race you are. How are you as a human being? How do you treat your fellow human being? I don't give a fuck about what gender you are, what fucking gender you choose, what, what you fucking choose to shove it up your ass. I don't give a fuck. How are you as a human being? So, you know, I make this call to celebrities. I don't even fucking know them. It's just the saying, you know what I mean? If you guys know any of these celebrities out there that, that, that are, they're into the whole cannabis thing, Julio White, Mr. fucking Steve Urkel yourself, man, why the fuck aren't you advocating for this shit? You know what I mean? I'm a, I can't say I'm an advocate. I can't say I, I'm, you know, I'm very pro-cannabis and its use and all that shit, right? I'm not an activist. I've never fucking been to a protest. But I could tell you this. This is not fucking right. No matter how fucking, no matter how you slice it. Let's talk about the last prisoner project for one moment. Organizations like these, these are, these are worthy of mentioning. Really, they are. Now, let me read this directly from their website. The last prisoner project, who we are. The Last Prisoner Project was founded in 2019 out of the belief that no one should remain incarcerated for cannabis offenses. We brought together a team of cannabis industry leaders, 
criminal and social justice advocates, policy and education experts, and leaders in social justice and drug policy reform to work to end this fundamental injustice. We are committed to freeing every last prisoner of the unjust war on drugs, starting with the estimated 40,000 individuals imprisoned for cannabis. There you go. Now, this is what I was talking about earlier. We're talking about real smokers here, real, real celebrity smokers. And let me tell you, there's a couple big names that are backing this project. Jim Belushi, Be Real, Doug Benson, of course, Tommy Chong, um, Melissa Etheridge. We already know, I believe, I believe she had cancer. I'm not sure. I, sorry if I'm fucking incorrect. Um, Fab Five Freddy. Um, I mean, the fucking list goes on. Uh, Cheech Marin, of course. Damian Marley, Stephen Marley, Master P, Revolution, uh, Slightly Stupid, which is pretty dope, man. Um, I mean, Montel Williams. Remember Montel Williams when he fucking came out and advocated for medical cannabis? I mean, the guy had fucking tears in his eyes, man. He had tears in his eyes, describing the fucking pain and anguish and shit he had to go through being having fucking MS. That's This is what I'm... I'm getting fucking chills right now. Straight the fuck up. This is what I'm talking about. This is the real fucking deal here. You know what I mean? And I'm fucking... There's one thing that I'm fucking passionate about is cannabis. First and foremost, because if it wasn't for fucking cannabis, I would not be here right now. I guarantee you that shit. I believe so. My story is... Like a lot of people, they use it for anxiety, for depression, for I don't know why the fuck I'm feeling this way, why the fuck I'm feeling depressed, I I just don't fucking know, I'm just, this is not a scapegoat, there's something to help your life, enhance your life, and let me tell y'all something, just because you use cannabis doesn't mean that it's going to take everything away, it's good for pain, it's good for anxiety, it's good for depression, but you have to put it forth the effort, you have to do it. Like everything. Cannabis shows you the door. You got to fucking pour, put forth the effort and do that shit. Hands down. I'm, that's why I'm so passionate about cannabis. Yeah, because I love smoking. I love, I'm, I'm going to fucking be honest. I love smoking. I love fucking getting high. I love fucking, I love being stoned. But beyond the, beyond the fact that I love being stoned, I love the benefits of it. You know, especially when I ingest it. You know, when I have asthma, when I get the whole asthma thing and my, my, um, I get inflammation, I shit you not. I shit you not. I take maybe, say, 0.3, even 0.5 of um, edible weed. I literally just decarboxylate my weed and I eat it like that. Yeah, I do. That's how I get down. No brownies, nothing. You literally could eat it like that. I just weigh my shit out. I do that, and that literally just gives me relief. You know, it gave me relief when I was when I had COVID. That was a big thing. You know, when I felt my lungs started getting, you know, swelled up and I started coughing and shit like that. I didn't get the symptoms. I didn't get the hard symptoms at all. Very, very little cough. But when I started, you know, getting that, con I felt congested. I would literally eat some bud. And that was it. You know what? As, come think about it. I didn't smoke at all for like a month. But cannabis held me down edibly. And it helped my body so much that I think that that's really fucking... 
assisting me with that. And of course, the anxiety part of it, it really helped a lot. Because I, I was watching a couple of my family members go through that shit and watching them uh, almost uh, go was was intense. So, I totally forgot this was happening, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it with the last minutes of the podcast. Also, this is going to be a two-part episode. We're definitely going to be talking about corporate cannabis on the second half of this episode, so check that shit out. All right. A huge, huge thing happened, right? Um, Drake, Killer Mike, Ty Dollar Sign, T.I. 2 Chains, <laughs> fucking, and other uh, celebrities are calling for an unconditional pardon to all, to all persons subject to federal, criminal, or civil, civil enforcement on the basis of non-violent marijuana offenses. This is part of the letter, and I quote, Whatever one thinks of other drugs and other defendants incarcerating marijuana offenders in federal prisons is a misuse of our nation's resources and grossly hypocritical. Given that a clear majority of Americans oppose marijuana prohibition and about half admit to using the drug during their lifetime. The letter said, It also stands against the arc of history and the principle of federalism. Nearly three-quarters of the states have now abandoned the federal government's blanket criminal ban in favor of safe, regulated, legal access to marijuana for adults and or those with qualifying medical conditions. Let's go a little further. Angelo's, if if you guys know Angelo's, he's an up-and-coming rapper that came out of Utah. He was arrested for selling bud to a fucking undercover rat. (laughs) And he also had a firearm. Mother, this, these motherfuckers gave this guy 55 fucking years. And he is also on this letter. This letter is also for him. They're trying to get that shit overturned. Now, let me tell you something, y'all. If the homie was white, he would have fucking gotten off with the slap and the fucking wrist, even with the fucking firearm, y'all. Let's fucking get real. 55 fucking years, the fucking judge even disagreed. And he fucking resigned from his federal fucking bench. So, now that we're seeing that this man, this judge, literally was like, I don't fucking agree with this shit. And he quit after all that shit? I mean, come on. Come on, come on, come on. So, the homeboy was released last year. After 12 fucking years. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> wow, that, this is fucking insane. And if you all want to check out the letter, I will have it in the show notes. So check this out. This is part of the letter. It's a long letter, but this is part of it. It says, The harms of incarceration are obvious, but the pains of federal marijuana convictions transcend prison walls, making it more difficult for some to get a job, access affordable housing, and receive an education. A conviction can forever limit an individual's constitutional rights and can put the American dream further out of, of the reach for an entire family. That's already happened. Already been happening. People that have sold bud, that have gotten caught nonviolent or even possession have been fucked. People that have had great careers, great athletes, great lawyers, great businessmen, great businesswomen, all that shit have been convicted of a fucking 
bullshit crime. You know what I mean? A conviction can forever limit an individual's constitutional right and can put the American dream further out of reach for an entire family. I repeat again, the letter continues saying, enough is enough. No one should be locked up in a federal prison for marijuana. No one should continue to bear the scarlet letter of a federal conviction for marijuana offenses. And it continues to say, we know you share our concerns. In November 2019, during a Democratic primary debate, you stated, I think we should decriminalize marijuana, period. And I think everyone, anyone who has a record, should be let out of jail. The record's expunged, completely zeroed out. On the eve of your election, you reaffirmed my commitment to you, the American people, to decriminalize marijuana and automatically expunge prior marijuana convictions. You were right then, and you remain right today. Yo, I mean, I'm really glad to see celebrities using a position like this. I'm really glad. Because, I mean, come on, yo. So many lives have been ruined already. Come on. Shit. What is it going to take for this to for this to happen? You know, I just can't stress this enough. If you feel the same way I do, fuck, just talk about it on your social media. Talk about that shit. Talk about how so many people are imprisoned for bullshit, nonviolent cannabis crimes that have have had their life ruined. Families destroyed. Immigrant families destroyed too. You got to think about that shit too. My mis immigrantes, my immigrants, my homies, man, straight up. My people. And I'm not just talking about Mexicans. I'm talking about immigrants all together. Straight the fuck up, man. How many how many families have been broken up because you get caught up with a fucking joint, an eighth, a fucking quarter of bud. They take your ass to jail and bam, that's it. Next day, deported. Fuck that shit, y'all. This shit needs to change. This, this will benefit everybody. I guarantee that shit. Straight up. Again, my name is Cannibal, the Cannabis Animal. Back at it again with this episode, two-part episode of Celebrity Weed and Corporate Cannabis. Check that shit out, y'all, for real. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. For real, this is one that I'm very passionate about. Hope you can spread the word on this. If you don't listen to any of my other, any of my other podcasts, just listen to this one, y'all, for real. This is real talk. I'm going to go ahead and sign off with a fucking bowl. So love each other. Life is short. Do you... Fuck what anybody else thinks. I am Cannibal, the Cannabis Animal. Out, baby. Peace out.